Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's two minutes and 52 seconds. Use right, friends. If it means we can then talk to you about a bicycle kick for an hour, it's the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 24th of February. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. Yes, you bloody well are. Nice to see you guys. It's been so long. Been monitor Brussels. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I guess it has, but we're all back here and it's delightful. Uh, how's everything going on the mean streets? You you out there with your cape enforcing and... Yeah, well, you monitoring. know, I, I, I do feel that um, the community needs a leader in a time like this. Do you not? I, I do. And I think... Yes. Anybody with with you as their leader in the current climate is just a very lucky bunch of citizens. How well, about you, you're, Jim? You're our leader here, Kate. <laughs> so that's the main thing. Yeah, I'm not monitoring anything. My Christmas tree is still in my front garden. So, you know, we could use a bin monitor, to be honest, <laughs> locally. Stop, stop it, really. And if you fancy moonlighting. Because <laughs> it just like, we just put it down next to some other, because there's a couple of bushes. And it just looks really happy there. So... And it, it blew over in the wind, and it's it's a big it's a thing. Oh, so you but the bush has, the bush is a rose bush we discovered, so you know <laughs> it's just surprises all over the place. That's but really yeah, nice. But yeah, we could do with a bit monitor. So you haven't tried to like plug it into the ground or whatever that's called, R- root it, plug it in, <laughs> plug it in. Uh, no, we haven't. We haven't tried to plug a dead tree into the the earth. We should get rid of it though. Does what does the dog make of it? Is he, is he... Uh, he, he seems completely indifferent to it, actually. He's entirely motivated by food and he knows there is nothing there for him. So, yeah, it's, it's not part of his, his life. Oh, OK. Fair enough. I, I don't think you should mock me about this trying to make the tree be reborn, though, because I think that's a genuine sort of lockdown project. Yeah, I think there are there are sort of Christmas trees you can get, can't you, where they I think they replant them later. So I don't know if ours is one. Well... Should we just try, try, talk about trees today? I think you should, and I think you should take this a bit more seriously, Jim, because you've just got basically right, a tr- okay. you've got basically a g- tree carcass in your garden, and no one yeah, <laughs> and no one seems to. There's a warning to the other trees. <laughs> yeah, no one seems to care about it. Um, let's talk about the Champions League last night, shall we? Chelsea nicked a one-nil win away at Atletico Madrid slash in Bucharest, uh, and the goal itself was a dreamy one. I was writing a lot of notes in the time it took for the decision to be made that that Olivier Giroud bicycle kick goal would would count. And the notes are basically just, do not deprive us that Giroud goal, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, the, the, even there being a VAR check on that feels like the rule's just been a narc, doesn't it? Just stop being a narc. Just like even if he was offside, give him the goal. It's an over. Look how beautiful that goal is. Mm. 
just enjoy life. Come there, on. There's, there's a lot of physical effort that's gone into it from Giroud. Like the look of dismay on his face when the flag was originally up. It's very much like if I performed a slam dunk in the back garden and then my kids went, oh, we weren't ready. It's, it's the yeah. same thing, you know. It's such a physical effort. It's not like I can do it again two minutes later. No, exactly. He's, he's, like, he's so acrobatic, Giroud, isn't he? Yeah. It's like he's playing... It's like he's... Rather than playing football, it's like a cross between male modelling and parkour. <laughs> and it just works really well. Well, well as, as you tabloid net twitchers will know, Olivier Giroud is actually the only person, I think, in history who's look ripped on an old camera phone style photo. You might remember from one of his uh, previous uh, tabloid dalliances, which was Mm. hugely impressive at the time when we were all rocking Nokia 3310s or whatever they were. I feel like Olivier Giroud appeals more to the male markets of you gentlemen than than perhaps, well, certainly to my market. I don't know, a man who can look so... (laughs) So... (laughs) Doesn't appeal to your market, Kate Mason. (laughs) <laughs> a man they can look so his hair is so solid after a after a bicycle kick it's it's a little bit unnatural no Jim I don't know I think he's just unflappably perfect isn't he <laughs> he's never a hair out of place it was so good though that goal it was just it so was. much fun it's just it, look the waiting afterwards I was just feeling as though Felix Brich their referee knows how to milk a non-existent crowd it felt like it was part of the tension but in a yes. sense you couldn't you were sort of reveling in the moment that had just happened and and i felt like a collective project that we all wanted that goal to stand right for us i yeah. mean presumably not i yeah. had to go but you know uh, yeah i mean it, it, i guess the thing was uh, is i guess the discussion really was because once you saw the replay mm. it was really obvious deliberate touch by mario Mosul. so i don't really figure how long it why it took them so long to figure it out i guess it was really dr brick saying look this goal is just so out of context in this game can we allow it you know (laughs) because it was a goal that came from another game definitely not this one it was the only moment really of of value in the entire game yeah it was pretty drab wasn't it burn tell us more i was i mean i I really hoped that luis suarez was gonna eat chelsea I mean, like, eat them. Just, you know, he's, he's so hungry of late and we know how that ends. I, I mean, talking like, you know, there's no sign of Thomas Tuchel at the end. There's a there's a bite out of the badge on all of the shirts. He's just, like, absolutely devastated <laughs> them. But it just didn't happen, did it? And they, they just marshaled him really, really well, even when he went around pinching thighs and just being <laughs> a nuisance. Was so weird, wasn't it? When they played... Yeah. They showed it in the studio afterwards and they had a little, like, you know, one of those danger circles to show you where exactly it was happening. He sort of reached... Oh, no, that's not the right terminology, is it? He, 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 he reached... A, round the thigh <laughs> <laughs> it's still not the right terminology <laughs> of Antonio Rudiger and yeah grabbed a little bit of I don't know what that bit is sort of muscly fatty muscly bit and the assistant referee yeah. did you see in the background he was like oh dear yeah he's at it again yeah. I mean it's not quite a bite is it but it's in the, it's, it's, oh, it's in the same family of, of shithousery oh come on I think you guys Sneak are exaggerating I, I think I think from that angle it's a you know helpful massage that's what I would have said, and you know that they're, they're, they're all feeling they're they're all at risk of muscle injuries at this 
point of the season i think particularly in these extraordinary times that we live in and extraordinary times need extraordinary masseurs i would say yeah maybe it was a trap nerve <laughs> you've got kids bass if um is it progress from biting to pinching or is it the way yeah but yeah on the scale of like naughty bit chill behavior um no biting's another level biting okay. is, is 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 savagery even for even for children Right, so pinching is even for football players <laughs> is actually progress, whatever it was. Yes, I, I I think so. Yeah, maybe Luis Suarez just hasn't got that much in the tank anymore. I do feel that the goals have kind of um, obscured the fact this season that Barcelona's reasons for getting rid of him, even if they did it in a really ham-fisted way to the wrong team are actually pretty sound ones. You know, he's not got that same level of athleticism, that same level of movement anymore. So in that way, the move from a bite to a little, a little bit of a cheeky sort of carry-on pinch, I think is, is, is probably consistent with where he's at physically. Do you think the goals are coming from him feeling wronged and furious and that they'll perhaps dry up when that kind of simmers down a bit? It will never simmer <laughs> down, will it? It's Luis Suarez. No, maybe not. His whole he's, he's, he's who, is that. Yeah, he's, he's someone who would need to create an enemy if there wasn't one, mm. yeah. I, I, I think. But... I, I, you know, you, you, I saw a lot of predictable um, anger and dismay at the way Atletico played um, on, on the Twitter and etc. last night. Um, but to, to say they haven't changed at all, I, th- I think he's wrong because otherwise Suarez wouldn't have been scoring goals for them this season. Mm. If, if they're playing that far from goal, he's not got enough left in the tank to, to cover that ground anymore. And that is why Barcelona got rid of him. Um, they've played higher up the pitch uh, for for most of the season, they played pretty decent football for most of the season, um, but not last night. And um, I think maybe some of that's going back to Champions League type, and maybe some of that's like for the last month they've just looked knackered. Uh, basically, most of the squad has has had COVID as well. And I think sometimes we're a little bit not understanding of that. I think we yeah. look at footballers as these uber athletes and the moment they're out of their two-week quarantine, they're better, they're fine, they're 100%. In fact, you know what? They've probably had a rest. Whereas yeah. I think you look at Joao Felix, who like was brilliant in the first part of this season and now can like, it, it, he's, he's just jogging around, really. I, I think he needs a bit of time. But we're not here to give understanding to Atletico are we no <laughs> they've, they've, they've hardly they've hardly touted for it over, over the years and um, I, look Chelsea did a great job I thought yeah and in terms of uh, someone who's a, a physical specimen still uh, Thomas Tuchel on Giroud afterwards man I love him in post-match he's so precise first of all the interviewer said, wonderful goal from Giroud. Are you proud of him and the team? And he said, I'm not proud of it because I had nothing to do with it. So it was not my achievement. And second of all, <laughs> <laughs> on Olivier Giroud, if you see him on a daily basis, you cannot be surprised. He is totally fit. His body is in shape and his physicality is on top level. Mm. Someone else is under his spell. I, yeah. I, that's quite understandable. Uh, Tuchel also said he's he's... He's like a 20-year-old, 20 a 24-year-old. Yes. And I'm like, right, the interview needs to get chopped now because he's going to be 36 by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, yeah. So have you been, I guess you've been enjoying particularly, uh, Jim, some of these Tuchel interviews, but you, you didn't like the game very much apart from the, the notable goal. 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the, the greatest spectacle, was it? Obviously, at this, quite often at this stage of the Champions League, it really comes to life and it's you've got these good fixtures and they, they lead to really, really good games. But this is, you know, that is what Atletico like to do, isn't it? They like to make it tough and they like to, to you know, make you feel like you're playing against a brick wall, um, which is what they did fairly well for a lot of it. But obviously that lovely little moment of magic was 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 enough to put them in pole position. I think they'll probably get through now as well. But one thing that I think um, is is worth noting is that I, I know we've spoken about Thomas Tuchel a lot, but I, and I might be in danger of sounding like people saying that Mo Salah isn't getting enough credit yeah. despite you know winning loads of individual awards and stuff. But like, is Tuchel getting enough credit for quite how quickly he's got Chelsea uh, looking like the real deal? Because he's you know his, his feet are barely under the table, and he he's got them just looking like the favourites in most of the games they go into at this point. Oh, you see, and he's still working out what his squad is. It's, it's all sweetness and light at the beginning with uh, mm. Tuchel, Jim. I personally, as, as, as a neutral, um, and having no axe to grind with Chelsea or anyone else, I'm very much looking forward to the bit a year in where he's in open warfare with uh, half the dressing room and the board. You know, that's, that's, that's what you're staying for. You know, yeah. yeah. Come for the honeymoon, stay for the divorce. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. And what what more could anyone want from a Chelsea manager? I think even Chelsea fans want this at this point because it's just what they know. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think he'll start, Tickle? Where do you think the cracks? Who, if you had to say now, Brass, who is gonna start the little crack between Reese James or someone like that? Obviously, Callum Hudson-Odoi. He's gone it already yeah. gone in on. Although he did start after his weird thirty-one minute appearance against Southampton. I think you really need to get stuck into someone like a beloved, don't you? Yes, right. To okay. to, to, to to really back. I, I'm not. I'm not saying he'll go full Mourinho. I mean, Mourinho going for Ike Casillas is obviously the book in terms yeah. of, of of this sort of behaviour. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think board level is where he should be aiming at. Mm. That wasn't the only game last night, of course. Uh, Bayern Munich crushed Lazio 4-1. 17-year-old Jamal Musiala started and scored for Bayern last night. He is 17, as I have just identified, and that was his 24th appearance of the season. And guys, he's played for in England at all of the levels, but apparently he's going to go off and play for Germany. How can this be prevented? This, there must be a way of preventing this. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do about this because he's clearly amazing, isn't he? We're gonna, we might need him in the future. I mean... We got a lot of promising young players, but the more the merrier, right? This is what all the the good teams that go on and win things have. We can't we can't let one of these go. No, yes, that's a good point. Well, I, I think what has happened here is uh, Yogi Love has identified an opportunity <laughs> with uh, people being stuck in their own countries at the moment that only he can lead the charm offensive uh, by mm. going and visiting him at the Allianz Arena, inviting him out for a quick chat afterwards. You see, normally this would work very well because hospitality at the Allianz is unbelievable. The food's really nice. You'd sit him down, you'd go, yeah, have a meal, all the rest of it. And he'd be sitting there going... Um, well, actually, I can have this any time. You know, I actually play for Bayern. Never, never mind that. I'm treating you to a meal. Come and play for us. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I, I don't know, there, there always seems to be this, this, this idea of it must be a huge searching of the soul, deciding which country you're, you're going to play for. We had an in- interesting um, discussion on uh, OTC about uh, dual nationality with uh, Miguel Delaney a, wh- a while back. But I-, I think, you know, as you say, Kate, he's, he's not 18 till the end of the week. So you're right to repeat several times that he's 17 because he's only going to be 17 for a little bit longer. <laughs> but I think when you're 
that age, don't you care more about your environment and playing with your mates and all that kind of stuff and being surrounded by the success of Bayern as well as the personal visits from Jürgen Klopp, that must have some sort of impact on you, surely. Mm. And you, surely also you would logically think that you've got a better chance of winning things at an international level with Germany than you do with England. Oh, stop it. What is this, Jim? <laughs> Come on. You hater. Come on. Get, is there a way of evicting you from this? This call? I think I need to... Can I mute Jim? Can't mute James? Can't, what are you talking about? Where's your pride? Easy. Yes, I'll, I'll get myself in trouble with Marcus as well now. <laughs> but I think that the, the FIFA rules mean that players can, can play for... Um, or they they can play three times and still switch nationality while they're under twenty one, can't they? So I think right. like, is there an argument that we try and lobby for for a further change where we can okay. share him as a sign of post Brexit goodwill? <laughs> you know, he could be the way that we you know that we we bring bring some unity back. I I, I really love this as an idea, Jim. I, I like the idea that no, we're happy to absolutely kill the British music industry, but Jamal Musiali, you've changed my mind. <laughs> All right, then, before we get to the break, guys, uh, Neil Lennon has left his position as Celtic boss. 18 points behind Rangers, Celtic are. We've waited all this time for a title race in the Scottish Premiership, and and now there isn't one either. Um, (laughs) Run of five straight wins, Celtic, though, and then unfortunately lost at Ross County on Sunday. I sort of thought this was some complex exercise from Neil Lennon in order to make sure that Rangers can't win the title in the old firm derby at Celtic Park but I, I've done the maths wrong and actually it's just made it a hell of a lot easier for them <laughs> to win the title in the old firm derby I mean presumably Jim the only thing that Celtic can now do is is lose against Aberdeen in the next game Yeah I mean they're going to have to do something to to avoid that indignity aren't they but it's, it's pretty it's, it's pretty amazing really that they're that far out in front um, it's a hell of an achievement from Steven Gerrard, like because people were talking about Rangers being dead and buried forever. You know that they might never get back to the level where they would they would challenge, and you know it it would be terrible for Scottish football to effectively only have one competitive team. So he he's really kind of you know bucked that, and it's 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 great from him. Well well done them and him. Yeah. But I mean yeah. you know, I mean it's interesting to see what Celtic do next as well because. Surely you can't just go, all right, the season's right off. Surely you've got to mount some sort of attempt at reining them back in. So it'd be interesting to see who they go for. Do you think that, though? Because I, I my understanding was that... Because I thought when they started losing often... So Jen, John Kennedy's in charge until the end of the season, uh, so their assistant manager. And I thought when they started losing some time ago and when there were those you know demonstrations outside the training ground and all that sort of stuff, I thought that would be when Neil Lennon would go. But m- the understanding I got from the sort of you know old firm fans and, and people who work in Scottish football that I work with is that they felt as though it would be showing that they were writing off the season to get rid of Neil Lennon. Because mm. there's no point in making the change at this stage or even a few games ago because the 10 is gone, right? I, I suppose if you bring in a new coach at this point, he's kind of sullied by association with this season rather unfairly mm. because it's such mm. a such an incredible write-off. I mean, obviously, I, I don't really know what's possible in terms of who they can get. But if you think of another club of size where it's gone dreadfully wrong and they've 
sort of responded in in quite an aggressive, impulsive, bullish front foot manner. You think of everything that's gone wrong at Marseille and how they've gone on and got Jorge Sampaoli. I mean, that's amazing. Someone who you've no idea if it's going to work, but at least is going to, you know, shake things up. I love the I love the idea of that as, as as an appointment. So I think if your next manager is someone who, in his last game with his previous club, was sent off for coming on the pitch and getting in the referee's face, I think that's already a positive step. Um, Brass Raymond Dominic is 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 free at the moment. Isn't he? <laughs> oh wow! Imagine, imagine. Unfortunately, he's he's the opposite of bullish. He's, <laughs> he's just too considered, so considered that he leaves it twenty seven years before taking the next club job. In fact, so. <laughs> well, yes, John Kennedy in charge for now, and Eddie Howe has previously been linked, but intriguing to see how that one plays out. And yes, it looks as though the Scottish Premiership season itself is pretty much over, which is exciting for those Rangers fans who have suffered all those years of hurts. Now, let's take a quick break and we'll get to the Premier League after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. On the Luke and Pete show, Luke introduced me to some bizarre animal warfare. In the 70s, there was a... (laughs) I can't remember to say this, but I promise you it's true. (laughs) There was a war, an actual war, between rival chimpanzee clans that went on for over four years. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, on Abroad in Japan, Chris is facing off against a natural disaster. So the same day that I'd run out of fuel, right, 
I was like, well, I made it in one piece. Thank you, God. And then, and then like five hours later, the worst earthquake I've ever experienced. It was a 15-storey building shaking from side to side. It went on so long, I was like, this hotel's coming down, and I don't want to be in it when it does. Listen to Abroad in Japan and the Luke and Pete Show available on your favourite podcast player. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarno's. Oh dear, look at these keepers. Yes indeed, Glenn, you bloody legend. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's me, Jim and Andy Brassel with you today. Two name Andy Brassel. Never considered that before. Now it's time for these. Yes, indeed. And we've had this from Joe Gervin. He says, following the talk of Zlatan and Mihailovic's duet at a festival, I'd like to tell you about the charity gig where I saw Eric Cantona perform on the same bill as Loyal Karna, Patti Smith and the Libertines. After Loyal Karna and Patti Smith had performed, the compere, John Bishop, introduced a big man to the stage. He walked <laughs> on showing sod all emotion and wearing a John Deere cap and corduroys, then told the crowd to be quiet. <laughs> he then recited an extremely brutal and graphic poem about not giving up even even as crows eat his eyes and dogs his flesh. This finished wow. after about five minutes and without even a good night or thanks, he just wandered off. John Bishop reappeared, confused as well, and started to do his bit between acts when Eric randomly re- reappeared and announced, <laughs> I have another poem, and proceeded to recite another poem entirely in French to a baffled audience and just fucked off again when he was done. He was genuinely better than the Libertines that night. Really. So, yeah, from Joe Gervin. Baffling. Absolutely oh, baffling. Joe. Little neg to the libertines, bit harsh. I, d- I like that. I like that Cantona was such a performer that he felt he could just tell the crowd to shut up. Is that a is that a strategy you take, Jim, in your uh, stand up? So sometimes I have no choice but to tell the crowd to shut up. Um, Be quiet. I've got another poem. Yeah, exactly. But you might like you might like the next one. Give, just give me a chance, that sort of thing, really. I thought the whole point with... You try it, it's hard. <laughs> I thought the whole point with a, a charity gig is you're meant to step out of character. You know, like at that... Um, I thought, what was it? That, that charity karaoke thing that Elton John did where uh, Nick Cave uh, famously sung Bootylicious by Destiny's Child. Mm. Right. I mean, that's yeah. what it's all about, right? If if Eric, yeah. if Eric Cantona had done its Chico time or something like that, you know, that would have been yeah. more the sort of vibe, wouldn't it? Mm. A lot yeah, of comedians do so. new material at, at charity gigs because they're selfish pricks. Um, <laughs> and I wonder if Cantona's <laughs> done the same thing there as well. So, yeah, I've got, yeah. got this new new poem about crows eating my eyes. I was, I was supposed to do a bit of a Q&A about my football career, but now I'll talk about crows eating my eyes. <laughs> Test it out. Thank you for emailing in. Show at footballramble.com. We really enjoyed that one. Let's get to the big win for Leeds. Eat your heart out, James Will Prowse, that Rafinha free kick, capping off a 3 0 win against Southampton after Patrick Bamford and Stuart Dallas both scored. All three goals coming in the second half, all three long range, left footed strikes, all great, basically. Uh, for Southampton, there were chances. They had a Shea Adams goal ruled out, and Nathan Teller penalty was overturned by VAR when it was still nil nil. 
I mean, Jim, that Teller penalty seemed like a good version of VAR, didn't it? Because Teller yeah. basically brought himself down with the aid of Diego Llorente's leg, didn't he? He did. And we're seeing this more and more, aren't we? And we're seeing a lot of kind of pundits describe it as being okay. The idea of buying yourself a penalty, like initiating the contact and almost tricking a defender into it. And that's still ultimately, it's frustrating, isn't it? Like when when it happens to your team, it's like someone's fashioned a penalty out of out of a kind of gaps in the rules. So I think it's good that that was looked at. Yeah, I think that, I think both calls are right actually. Although the the situation with the with with the Chadham's goal was very confusing at the time, but I think it was just mm. it was a split second thing, and he had, and the referee had his back turned, so it was all a bit confusing. But ultimately, it was uh, it was right. It, it's it must be so frustrating for for Southampton to crumble like that, though, because the ge- the game was pretty tight in the first half. You could really see it going either way, and then Leeds just stepped it up a gear. And I mean, Patrick Bamford. I mean, we're running out of of you know phrases to say about how impressive he is, but like once again, obviously he scores the goal, but he made a clearance off the line at the other end as well. Like Liam Cooper might be the captain of Leeds, but Bamford is the head boy. For sure. <laughs> he definitely is that you know you know i thought southampton were actually the better team in the first half i thought I, th- I thought they shaded it um but hasen has been here before isn't he um yeah. like just saying how his his team have quit in the in the in the back half of the game and that, that's got to be pretty worrying i think from his perspective because if, if you take it back to before they beat liverpool i think they've only the liverpool game's the only one they've won in about 12 13 I think mm. it's it's quite yeah. a long spell. They've lost so, seven of their last nine as well. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Kate, the the focus will be on the Manchester United game. In fact, maybe that's doing them a favour. <laughs> maybe that everyone's still focusing on that rather than the other stuff that's that, that's gone on around it because the the bottom's falling out of it a little bit for them. It's it's got to be frustrating for Southampton as well because it's a bit of an identity crisis, isn't it? Because you, you they've been in this situation before. They've been tonked nine nil, and then it's taken them ages to get over it. Clearly, they're on that path again. But at this point, because it's happened twice, does Ralph Hasenhutl look at himself and go, "Well, is this something about me and my management style that oh. means that my team are really brittle and and lacking in confidence?" And and the players themselves have got to got to look at that as well. It's it's a difficult moment for them, and they've got to get out of it. And they don't look equipped to get out of it at the moment. I feel like we slagged off uh, Southampton enough recently. Let's talk a little bit more about, about Leeds. Rente, by the way, making his third Premier League appearance after signing for Bielsa Sidaz. Um, he was the one change for Bielsa after the 1-0 defeat to, to Wolves. Made, there was an amazing save by Alex McCarthy with his left foot. Did you see that in the Southampton mm. goal? Um, and, and there was all sorts of exciting stuff going on in that second half for Leeds. Uh, just being able to get them catch them on the break it's what we've expected from Bielsa's side isn't it but mm. you, you're right it sounds as though you think Southampton's failings contributed more to Leeds's good stuff in that in in part two than the other way around Is that, am I getting the I, right impression there a, a little bit but I think Leeds what they did really really well was once they got a handle in the game they never let go of it um, and, and they're very good at amping that kind of pressure up aren't they and it, I think it was all the more impressive given the pitch because, I mean, Leeds pitch is an issue, like hugely, <laughs> yes. especially given the way they play. Now, I, d- I only became aware of this yesterday, but they actually bought the pitch off of Spurs Damn for well. 300 grand. And it's already <laughs> fucked as well. It's cutting up all over the place. It's, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare for their sort of quick, quick style. And I wonder, is Caveat this a bit of Jose Mourinho? 
bit of Jose Mourinho 4D chess that's backfired because Leeds are sort of Leeds are catching up to Spurs at the table now Jim I don't know if this is a bit of a, a precursor to what's going to happen after the Qatar World Cup where uh, Oof, you know yeah. uh, we get bits of uh, stadiums being sold off you know you, yeah. you, you, you'll, you'll get a team like that lose a stadium between home games or something like that <laughs> half, half of it falls down yeah, yeah. To- Talking about strange things. I'm sorry, this is an absurd segue, but strange things that people have found in their training ground as a result of, well, we don't really know. Have you heard this thing that Andros Townsend's been saying about a training ground bust up yes. at QPR involving one of the players having tear gas? So the, sto- the, the man in question was apparently, according to not Andros Townsend, but according to Mark Bersham, was Armand Traore, which I feel a bit bad that we're talking about this because he's currently without a club, isn't he, since since Cardiff. Um, you say anyway... f- you feel a bit bad. Let's, <laughs> let's let people decide after they've heard the story whether okay, they so... want him at their club. Oh, God. So, okay, so the bust-up is it's him and ex-Leeds Sean Derry, aka Andy Brussel, apparently, although I can't really see the resemblance. And... Someone took a shot instead. So someone took a shot instead of squaring the ball to Traore in a training game. And he, Traore, called this person, this unidentified person, a cunt. And Sean Derry then gets very annoyed with the language, I think. Don't call someone a cunt and hit him. So he thinks this is a sort of escalation as far as I can tell, right? Yeah. So then Traore thinks, right, I know how to escalate this further. He returns to the tunnel at the training ground with tear gas, saying he wanted to kill Derry. Bertram's telling the story at the point. He says, I like, I, I, I think you've not thought this through. It's a covered area. If you throw tear gas, you're going to gas <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Now, I mean, what? Now, how, how, first of all, where do you get tear gas from? Jim, feel I this. know, right? I, I don't personally. I don't know. If, if you're asking seriously, I can make some inquiries for you. But I, um, <laughs> like, I. I, I, it's fascinating, isn't it? Why do you have tear gas on you? Just in, in case somebody wrongs you? Like, apparently the, the, the reported speech from Traore about that is, I have it in case there's trouble and there's trouble now. Like, how paranoid are you that you're keeping tear gas on you? Right. Also, how do you imagine it's going? Like, you, you think you, do you think he's immune? Like, it's a video game where you can't, like, blow up yourself? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, is he huffing bits of it to gain immunity? Like, how does he think he's going to be immune to the tear gas? It's the worst possible weapon you could have, surely. Well, I, I guess I guess if you're an elite athlete, maybe you are immune to it. Who who knows? But I, I think about like what I have in my glove box for emergencies. I mean, normally it's a packet of crisps in case I break down or or, or, mm. or, or, or something like that. But I do remember Armand Traore had all his tattoos removed, didn't he, when he found God? So maybe oh, maybe on his neck. maybe this is some sort of you know post laser op treatment maybe mm. maybe maybe tear gas does that i don't know i've never I had know. a tattoo removed actually i i've never cried at a movie not even that the sad bit in toy story 3 maybe i'd be immune to monster tear gas. <laughs> yeah maybe Why? i should try some tear gas to see if i, if I can cry <laughs> christ i always saw you as a quite like sensitive man jim i'm actually quite that's sad yeah i re- was re- that way feels- once Really, I, I think, Kate, that we should okay, we'll come up to it. We should dedicate uh, <laughs> the rest of this pod to making Jim cry. Yeah, that's yes, fair enough. That's a fantastic idea. Apparently, Bielsa once nearly threw a hand grenade at some ultras. Well, <laughs> on the subject of disproportionate weaponry, 
I don't, well, I don't know if he was going to throw you're gonna it. Go, he, you're going to go into that, right? Not just go, oh, yeah, I'd be able to do that one. He didn't he throw it. He only, held he, it, didn't he? He, he, only yeah. said, he only said he might pull out the pin. Presumably he would have thrown it, though, because otherwise, much like Traore, he's not immune to a grenade, is he? he, needs, <laughs> he needs Let's be honest, it's a paperweight, isn't it? Surely it's not a real grenade. <laughs> I don't know. It was after Neil's old boys... That managed by Bielsa lost six 0 in the Copa Libertadores final in 1992. He just Again, had that grenade. Uh, if you if you're the sort of person who needs something for protection, a single grenade is so <laughs> impractical, isn't it? It's all or nothing. That. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Um, to wrap up the game that we were talking about at some point, uh, Villa for Leeds at the weekend next, and then West Ham after that. The, the David Cameron double, if you will, and then Southampton are off to <laughs> are off to Everton. Everton themselves have some good news. They have, well, to go with much other good news that they've had this week. They have had plans for their new fifty-two thousand seater stadium at Bramley Moor Dock approved unanimously by Liverpool City councillors. Apparently, it's going to cost five hundred million pounds and should be ready by twenty twenty-four. It looks amazing. Is anyone else sad that? Goodison Park and the local cat will short, shortly be no more. <laughs> a little. A little. Yeah. I, I, I think the thing is Everton have been looking for a, to, to move out for literally decades now. So th- yeah. th- this is this is hardly a new thing. But Goodison Park is one of those uh, wonderfully steep old style stadiums, which, you know, maybe maybe they all disappear from English football eventually, which th- does does make me feel a little bit sad, actually. Yeah, yeah. E- even if it, it something can be necessary and still a bit sad, I think. Yeah, I think we might get to the point where it will be effectively. I mean, I know Chelsea have had trouble with redeveloping Stamford Bridge, but they want to, don't they? Or certainly they want a new stadium at some point. Mm. Um, I, I I don't know if Liverpool would leave Anfield. Um, but it could be that it's just Anfield, Old Trafford, St. James's Park and a few others that are like the only remaining old ones. And that would it would be sad, wouldn't it? But with Stamford Bridge, I mean, it, it doesn't make any difference because like if you compare it to 80s Stamford Bridge, it, it is basically a different, a different stadium. stadium. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess Elland Road would probably stay as well. <clears throat> yeah. How sad is it, Jim? Are you feeling? How are you feeling? Uh, no, not close to tears, Kate. It's a lot more than that. A lot more. A lot more than Everton moving to a dockyard to make me cry. <laughs> what did you do the day that Arsenal left Highbury, Jim? That was a didn't, sad day. Didn't cry. Yeah, that didn't was really cry. sad. Didn't cry, no. Didn't cry. What, because you won? You beat Wigan, didn't you? So, yeah. Why, why, why would, you, why would yeah. you need to cry? Yeah. Exactly. No point. What an emotional roller coaster. So, um, okay, so films don't make you cry, but let's talk about these documentaries. There's been an absolute influx of football documentaries over the last few days announced, including uh, Pele's new documentary has just hit the screens. That's Netflix Brazil. And it's a lot about how sport is, question mark, exploited for political gain. And then the fierce expectation in the lead up to the 1970 World Cup. It sounds amazing. Mm, it really does, because it's a story I, I didn't have that much awareness of, of, of quite how uh, much pressure and and kind of vague there was a lot of pressure on the Brazil squad and there also seems to be vague underlying well. threats towards yeah. them like but you know sort of you win this or else kind of thing um which is is awful i can't imagine a worse way to prepare for something like that and so so what what a story i, I can't wait to get stuck into it to be honest 
Yeah, me too. There's also a new trailer for a new All or Nothing with Amazon. That's a Juventus one, although, Brass, you're going to be giving that a swerve from the sounds of things. Uh, well, look, it can't be any worse than the Netflix series they already had. I mean, right. you know, we were talking about things that don't make Jim cry. Thinking back to the hour and a half I wasted watching two episodes of that, that makes me feel like I want to cry. It was mm. so boring. <laughs> It was a corporate training video. I mean, right. I, I think to, to make a series and then thought, think, this is so shit, we've got to make another one with a different broadcaster yeah. <laughs> within two years. It does say something, doesn't it? It's pretty bad, gu- isn't it? I guess depending on how that one goes, they might consider teaming up with Disney because Disney are doing a behind-the-scenes doc with Feyenoord. You see, I'm thinking Space Jam. Yeah. I'm thinking Space Jam. Uh, where has that come from? Feyenoord <laughs> and Disney. What the hell? You know what we need here? We need classic old Feyenoord players in cartoon form. So yes. Dirk Count, uh, yes. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, Pierre Van Hoydonk, I think would be a great cartoon mm. figure. Have you seen Dirk Count recently, by the way? He was on SSN like a few days ago. He looks unrecognisable. What, because really? he's had a haircut? How so? All right, all right. Yeah, his, his, old, his old face, I don't know. His old face is just like thinner and different. He, he look, yeah, I mean, maybe it was the haircut. Now thinking about it. <laughs> so basically, when you when we're having cartoon Dirk Count, we're having him with the old haircut. Is, is yes. Just I to think. clarify, yes? I think that mm. would help everyone out. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. Well, sounds as though... We're going to be watching maybe the Pele one at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's a Sven Goran Eriksson one coming out on Pornhub as well, so I imagine we'd all take a gander <laughs> at that. <laughs> oh, my God. Can everyone else hear the, the police sign? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sure we can, I'm not sure we can go anywhere much further from that. Uh, there's football for you tonight, guys. 4.30pm kickoff, bizarrely. Tottenham up against Wolfsburg. That's after the 4-1 first leg. If you want to see the Bale play the full 90. And then in the evening, it's Borussia Mönchengladbach against Manchester City. Say goodbye, guys. Bye, Jim. Bye. You feeling, you're still feeling all right? Still feeling positive? Yeah, I'm still feeling feeling chipper and solid. Oh, damn it. We'll be back to that. Bye, Russell. Goodbye. Nice to see you on tomorrow's show. It's me again, Luke and Pete. Some people love it, some people hate it. But either way, it's happening. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> this was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 